And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. And happy Epiphany, everyone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that was really that loud. Was so loud. It's a happy Epiphany, but not happy enough to burst out my left eardrum. Okay, I'll try again. Do that, please. Happy Epiphany, everyone. He's just looking at me like he's so proud of himself. Like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of faith formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And happy epiphany, everyone. Uh, We hope you had a merry Christmas season, not just the one day. We don't ever have to talk about a Christmas and Advent again, at least until next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've got <laughs> we've got a forty eight week reprieve until we talk again about Advent and Christmas. But we hope you had a great and joyful Christmas season. Uh, <laughs> and now we are moving into our next season, which is Epiphany. This is the week of January sixth, and January sixth, which is always twelve days after Christmas, is always the feast of Epiphany, which is when we celebrate the. <clears throat> the Magi or the wise men or the kings uh, from the east coming and uh, getting to Bethlehem and meeting Jesus. And it starts off our season of Epiphany, which lasts until Ash Wednesday when we begin the season of Lent. And so uh, usually you would have Epiphany. Epiphany just happens to land on a Sunday this year. So we will be talking about the Epiphany readings for this week because that's the gospel for this Sunday. Um, but before we do that, we have a listener email question. So we have an email from Kathy, and Kathy writes, Do you sincerely believe in the virgin birth of Jesus? Why or why not? Does one have to believe that to be a Christian or Episcopalian? So um, thank you, Kathy, for the question. Who wants to, who wants to start? I will. Okay, Maya's going to start. I'm going to start by not starting. No, okay. I'm going to kind of duck that first part of do I believe in the virgin birth? Because I was reading this article, and it's basically this guy who was saying that too much of Christianity is, nowadays in particular is about absolute certainty and not enough about divine mystery. Uh. So it's like, do you believe in the virgin birth? It's like, I can't even really say that, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you know, it defied logic, and that was kind of the point. Uh-huh. And so I don't think I'm able to make definitive statements about, yes, absolutely, there was a virgin birth, or no, there wasn't. Um, But leading to that second part of the question about, do you need to believe in it to be a Christian or Episcopalian? Like, I think absolutely not. Uh You know, um, and this is also with bodily resurrection, but, or just very much of like, kind of the supernatural aspects of Jesus's ministry, from like, miracles, turning water to wine, walking on water, it's like, if you question those things and those um, events, and it, it doesn't take away at all, I think, the absolute draw and impact and profound impact, like, profound isn't even, like, an apt word, like, world-changing story in the life of Jesus Christ. And so it's, I don't need those miracles to believe that Jesus mm-hmm. was one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this was... So there were, this was a two-part question. One part of it was the virgin birth. The other part of it was the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Asked them the same way. Do you, have, do you believe in the virgin birth or the bodily resurrection? And do you have to believe in them to be a Christian? I guarantee there's 
a high percentage of Christians who do not believe in either one or both of those or have a hard time with them at least. Mm-hmm. As, as far as the Episcopal Church goes, we are part of an Anglican tradition that emphasizes a way of believing and not specific doctrinal beliefs. So you really, there isn't technically anything that disqualifies you from being an Episcopalian in terms of believing. We have this way of believing, which is based on this thing called the three-legged stool, where we have the interpretation. We have to interpret things through scripture, tradition, and reason. And reason includes human understanding and human experience. And so we are always, we, we, we can believe certain things, and the way we believe them has to kind of line up with those three or four things, however you want to look at them. But we're not, there's not like a list of things that, there's not like a list of belief statements that you have to buy into necessarily. There's the creeds and things like that, but even those are, you know, open to interpretations in the three-legged stool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I like what you said about the, the virgin birth and the bodily resurrection, these kind of like mysteries, the mysteries of our faith and being like, being able to sit with mystery and and kind of the discomfort of not knowing and kind of these um, unexplainable instances in the Gospels, whether it's, like you said, miracles or the virgin conception and birth, um, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think I do hold it as like a great mystery. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I almost want to say in response to this question, I don't really care. Yeah, I want to, but then it sounds like, I don't care. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just huge human instinct in, like, post-enlightenment, and especially in, like, the modern day, to want to conquer things with science and yeah. with our minds. Yeah. But we can't do that. We can't try to do that, or else we will be tortured by this. Because like, yeah, because it really does prop up the, the authority of the gospel on whether or not these things are historically true or not. And if one little brick gets pulled out of that his- historicity then the whole thing crumbles to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it needs, it's the gospel, the, the Bible, the truth of scripture is like way more flexible and pliable than that. And so like if, durable. If, yeah, that's what I mean, is if, if it is true or if it isn't true is almost irrelevant. irrelevant because what, it's true as much as it is true of our experience. So whether or not there was a virgin birth or whether or not there was a bodily resurrection, is to me not as important as geez, does the truth of those two things resonate with your experience as a human being? And if the answer is yes, then then that's good for me. Yeah. Nah, that's so liberating that you just said that. Like, I don't care. Oh, it feels so good to say. <laughs> it does. It's like, I love Jesus and I don't need it to be like, he. I only love him because he was supernatural. I only mm. love him because he... Um, rose you know from the dead or like i only love him because of these miracles he performed it's like no i love him so much even if he was just not just but even if he was did none of those things you know yeah. and i yeah that's so good i don't care i love that <laughs> I don't care. okay so thank you to kathy for sending in that question if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussions, please share them with us and we will answer them or share them on the next podcast. You can send them to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. That's faith to go 
at S-T-P-A-U-L-C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A-L dot org. And we'll make sure to answer your question in an upcoming podcast. But now we are going to move on to the gospel and our primer on the gospel to help you have your faith discussions with all of those faith to go resources that you can find at www.myfaithtogo.org. And all of those uh, resources, like every week, are based on the gospel. And so the gospel for this Sunday, which is the day, the Feast of Epiphany, is Matthew 2, 1 to 12. So Jackie is going to read the gospel and then we'll each highlight one point for you to take into your faith discussions this week. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. Calling together the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Okay, so this is a familiar story to a lot of people, and part of what you probably, if you went to uh, some sort of Christmas Eve service with a pageant, you saw the wise men there. Um, but they were there early because they don't actually get there until 12 days later, according to the story, uh, or at least according to the tradition of Epiphany, where we celebrate their arrival later than Christmas. Um, but they get there after Jesus is born because that star they appears in the air after when Jesus is born, so it takes them time to get to wherever Jesus is. The interesting thing is that we, uh, because of all those pageants that we see, make a lot of... Uh, we add some things to the story that aren't actually there, like that there's three of them. It doesn't say that there's three of them or any number of them. Right. It just says um, magi, actually. And we translate that as wise men, but magi is a translation of the word magoi in Greek, which just means like astrologer, stargazing people who see the star in the sky and read the sign of the star that know, and know that there is a king has been born, and then they go lurk, looking for this king. Right. So Jackie has the first point for this story. My point this week is about the Magi and how, you know, a lot of times in church we talk about, um, like, how, how it's okay to doubt, which it is okay to doubt your faith and to ask questions, but an important 
an important part in that is that you already have some amount of faith. Um, and what the Magi here represent are people who are before that stage. They are like the quintessential seekers. They aren't sure who this baby is that they're going to go visit. They aren't very clear on why they're doing it. And they probably do have a lot of questions. Um, But the thing that's amazing about the Magi is that they still go and seek him out. Um, You know, and they're probably scared and they're probably leaving home really good lives that they could just keep on living but they also feel this call this call from the star and this call from their hearts that they need to go visit this baby in a manger Mm. and i think that the that the magi really exemplify like our call in our lives to keep to keep questioning and to keep going and to keep figuring it out even in those moments where we have no idea what we're doing or why we're doing it or where we're going. Mm. Um, And I just think that they're a great example of that, of that questioning and of that mystery. And especially in a time like most of our listeners in, in school or in um, these, these crucial life events of, of having children, of figuring out your family, of all of those life events that also impact your faith. And how do we, how do we persevere and keep going and keep an open heart and an open mind like these magi mm-hmm. as we enter into the unknown of our future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, and I I love that. It seems like a great, like you're saying, a great act of faith, no matter what their belief was, to kind of see the sign in the sky and follow it, mm-hmm. and. I love what you said at the end about like not knowing where you're going because they didn't really know what they were going, where they were going. They had interpreted the sign and they had a sense, they knew that, that a king had been born, but they didn't know where it was and they didn't know who it was and they didn't know like what kind of state they would find this person in. And all they were doing was just following the star. So really all they, yeah, all they, exactly. All they could see was like, Yeah, they didn't know how, right, they didn't know how long their journey was going to be, they didn't know where it was going to take them, but they just, they responded to this call and just went with it and didn't know, like, made this wrong turn and that wrong turn, talked to Herod, realized that was a bad idea, (laughs) didn't go back. Like, they, they weren't, they really, it seemed like they really stepped each step into uncertainty and we're good with that and like we're excited by that and we're excited to see where it was going to take them and that's a really hard thing to do right just to go yeah Yeah. just to go and so i want i that kind of goes into my point because my point is i wanted to highlight this interaction with herod and specifically i wanted to talk about herod's reaction so we've talked about herod before in this podcast this is a different herod then Jesus is going to interact with at the end of his life. This is that Herod's father. And so this Herod had a great amount of power. And when this Herod dies, they split up his kind of principality, his kingdom, um, because he was, he was kind of an agent of, the, of, the, of Rome, keeping tabs, you know, like ruling over this area of Judea. And they end up splitting his area up into a bunch of different areas between his sons. So he has... His, his power is expansive. And 
it's just so interesting to see the reaction of this person in such great power and authority and their reaction to that authority and power being challenged because the wise people, the Magi, come from the east to Jerusalem and they say, they come to Herod, King Herod, say, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. Um, and so that word frightened is the Greek word tarasso, and it means to be like disturbed or agitated or stirred up inside. Um, so it's not so much like scared as like unsettled or like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it has this, there, part of the definition is, is that it has this connotation of something being put into motion that needs to remain still. It's like we want this kind of inner stillness inside, and when it gets, like, jumbled up, then it's, like, in motion when we don't want it to be. Yeah. But I just – I love that idea of, of things being put into motion that we'd rather have remain still because when we are in positions of power and privilege, it's, it's better for people in power for things to stay the same, for things to be still, for things to be unstirred up. But what – from the moment Jesus is born – the gospel is saying, like, something, nothing is going to be the same, one. But, but also it's this recognition that nothing is supposed to stay static. Like, we, like, systems of oppression continue because of stasis, because people are unwilling to be stirred up that are in power and unwilling to be uncomfortable. And so it's almost a call to me, like, taking Herod as an example of actually where people in power and privilege are called to be themselves. It's like actually go where Herod is, which is to be stirred up inside, to like go be uncomfortable. Because when we are still and want to remain still, that's when we're taking part in oppressive systems and like the perpetuation of oppression. And and so I, I just... I love that word to sorrow, that tarasso, that it's more than just being frightened. It's like having what you would rather, what would you, what you would like to be static, what would you would like to remain still stirred up, and that this like, this like um, pushback against Herod's power and this questioning of his power. What his reaction is to like become very defensive, really freaked out, all stirred up inside, and to try to smash it down and keep the status quo. But if we're trying to keep the status quo, if we have that feeling of getting defensive, wanting to keep the status quo, wanting things to be the same, that is likely an indication that we are taking part in the oppression of someone. Right. Whether it's like actively or passively, it's still taking part. And so it's like a, a reminder to us to like live into our terrasso, like to live into our discomfort and sit with it. And not like freak out like Herod, mm-hmm. but like know that it means that something glorious and holy is happening. So that kind of goes into what I was thinking about, especially actually Jackie's point. There's something, David, you said in response to Jackie's point where you said um, these wise men were going and following the star. and They didn't know what to expect when they got there or the state of, you know, the conditions that they would find themselves mm-hmm. in once they arrived mm-hmm. to the their destination Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about that as well I was thinking about 
when they did arrive and they, we have these kind of, I think, preconceived notions about what God looks like and what kings look like. And um, if they had this notion about what a king should look like and Jesus was not that, it's how easy it would have been. Well, I don't know how easy it would have been because they've been traveling for so long and they'd be like, ah, um, <laughs> <laughs> they would have been kind of disappointed. But to say, no, this isn't it. We need to keep looking mm-hmm. and to kind of um, refuse and, 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 and kind of, because Jesus wasn't what we would think a, a king would be, mm-hmm. you know, he was born to a carpenter and, you know, his um, fiance, I guess. And it was, it wasn't lavish. It wasn't. And the Jews were expecting, like, a military conqueror and, like, a mighty king. And this is just a just a baby mm-hmm. born to some, you know, normal folks. And so to arrive to that, and I don't know what they were expecting, but I think it's really cool that they kind of set that aside and with such deep humility, um, they held their expectations loosely about what to expect when they arrived to the, where they were going. And they still... Um, presented these gifts and paid homage to the king. Mm-hmm. And I think we are called to do that as well, you know? And I think we just need to eliminate shoulds and preconceived mm-hmm. notions and hold them loosely. And when we find ourselves and, like, God is being revealed to us and the Holy Spirit is moving in us and we feel that, we shouldn't kind of push that aside because this isn't what it's supposed to look like. This isn't what it's supposed to be like. This isn't what it's supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. It's this is what it is. I think we often say, no, this is what it should be, but then we don't let the things that are be. Right. Yeah, it's like we... I liked what you said because it made me think, like, Jesus, the people they found were not... What they found was not this, like, opulent delivery room or, like, this beautiful nursery in a palace. Mm-hmm. It was so normal. And... And if a star hadn't stopped over this barn, they probably would have walked right by it looking for a palace, maybe, you know? Right. Or is this the the barn to the palace? Right. (laughs) Is this the side house? Yeah. And so they, like, walk outside and they're like, is this the right – is this the same star? I don't know. Check – is this the right side of the street? Check that quest. So they – yeah, just that idea that, like, we – I think often I think, like – I'm going to recognize Christ in, like, this incredible, mind-blowing place today. But really, it's, like, the normal thing that I would probably walk by. Like, their wit- the witness of the of the Magi is, like, we, if we're not, if we're not, like, aware and keeping an eye out, we're going to miss it. Like, it's so easy to miss it. Because we have assumptions about where Christ is going to be present in the world. You know, where God is going to be in our lives. And it's not, like, getting back to that mystery that we talked about in answering the question is, like, how could we possibly be certain about where God is going to be when God is the ultimate mystery, the ultimate unknowable, unknowability? And by saying, yeah, they could have missed it. And what tragedy that would have been. They traveled this long and they missed it. Right. Um, Okay, so that's three things. So number one was Jackie's. And that was about the faithfulness and um, the the ability to step into uncertainty of those three magi in their journey. The second was mine uh, about our call to to like recognize our power and our privilege and to 
step into the discomfort of it and be able to hold the the stirred up uhness of of that inner experience of being questioned and challenged. And number three was Maya's um Maya's was about not having assumptions about where we are going to find Jesus in the world. You know, being open to Christ appearing and God appearing in our lives anywhere. And so now having heard that discussion, those three points, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. All right, that's our episode for this week of January 6th. We hope you have a great first week of Epiphany. Make sure to check us out next week in your podcast feed on the 13th. And go check out all those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Send us an email to faithtogo at stpaulcathedral.org with any questions, comments, or stories. Check us out on Instagram at faithtogo. And make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. Until next week, say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.